0: Good evening, listeners. Let's blast your eardrums with some sudden hellos. Hello. Hello.
1: This is a Good Drop podcast, our uh, 20th episode.
0: 20th anniversary. So, uh... 20th anniversary, I
1: Yeah, the anna- anniversary episode. We're, we're back to basics and back to beer for back episode beer. number 20. It's, it's a big song and dance. Imagine us dancing and... Uh, da, 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 imagine da, da, us dancing da, da, to the opening da, da, theme song. Where <laughs> We're, we're going to drop the bass, drop some beers and... Uh, drop
0: some info.
1: Drop some info. So I'm Michael. And I'm Stuart. This is a good drop.
0: Cheers. Cheers. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 20. We're talking about stouts.
1: We are. And uh, today, unlike in previous episodes where we've had uh, a single good drop, we're getting back to basics and back to what we did in our very first episode with drinking mm. different drinks each.
0: Yeah, we've, we've already had one. I've had a Sierra Nevada porter because, as you'll find out later in the episode, a porter... Is the prerequisite to a stout, and Mickle was drinking an imperial stout from Victoria.
1: Yes, a uh, a Victorian one. Purely, purely by chance, ended up drinking an Australian stout, hmm. and uh, very nice imperial stout. Very strong. Yes, nine point five percent. Two standard,
0: two and a half standard drinks. Two to and a half standard
1: drinks to to a three hundred and thirty ml bottle. It's incredible. But uh, the, these. As- Stouts. As you'll find, stouts are strong. Strong by that—that's what they are. That's what they have to be to be a stout. Mm. So let's let's kick into the origin, the history. Well, let, let's start with what a stout is because uh, it's, it's a dark beer made using roasted malt or roasted barley, hops, water, and yeast. Now stouts were uh, traditionally the generic term for the strongest or stoutest porter beers and they're typically seven or eight percent alcohol by volume but can be stronger with uh, the imperial stouts being of the strongest stouts
0: the Russian imperial stouts being strongest of the imperial stouts too. yes
1: indeed
0: you you'll get some imperial stout Russian imperial stouts that have about the same alcohol by volume as some wines
1: yeah which is pretty crazy for a beer. It's huge. Another
0: good thing about stouts is that you can age them like wines as well.
1: Yes, indeed. They actually, uh, the flavor improves over time and the alcohol content increases.
0: Mm, Amazing.
1: Mm, And in fact, the Imperial Stout I was drinking uh, before we began recording was a 2017 vintage. The whole last year. That doesn't (laughs) seem like a lot, but normally a, a beer is brewed and you drink it Within months of it leaving the bottling. Whereas yeah.
0: yeah, fresh freshest is best. Yeah. When you're talking about beer like that. But yeah, with stout it's meant to be aged. So the the flavours get thicker and juicier mm. and Tastier and stronger yes. mm, until indeed. we're all drunk on the floor from sipping this beer. From
1: sipping stout, Sip, sipping a beer that you eat with a knife and fork.
0: It's very much like that. So a stout. To describe how it tastes, it it, it has a very full flavour to it. I'm not good with the tastings. It's, um,
1: it's they're, they're often rich and chocolatey. Some of them have a, mm. a sort of a licorice or a nice taste to them.
0: And they're they're all bitter. Yeah, They all have bitter tones to them.
1: Well, with the exception of milk stouts, which are sweeter, they have lactose added Mm. to uh, impart some sweetness to the stout. So they still have the bitter, but it's balanced.
0: Balanced with the sweetness.
1: With the sweetness, yeah.
0: Which you may or may not like. Uh, I have not had a milk stout yet, because that kind of confuses me a little. I yeah. don't think beer should be sweet.
1: No, it, it's not something that strikes me as something I'm overly interested in. But if you mm. have one... And let us know. Uh, yeah, let us know. Let us know what you thought of it.
0: Our email address is a drop at
1: Let's Let's revisit uh, the word stout. How did it become the name for a type of beer when it was previously the name for a strong varietal from type of beer. Now, the uh, the first known use of the word stout in relation to beer was uh, in a document dated in 1677, which um, gave the sense that uh, a stout beer was a strong beer, but not necessarily a dark beer. Now, the name Porter, which stouts were originally referring to a strong varietal of, was first used in 1721 to describe a dark beer that had been made with the uh, roasted malts now because of the huge popularity of porters brewers made them in a variety of strengths and uh, the stronger ones were called stout porters
0: stout porters sometimes they were called uh, x or double x porters as well for strong and extra strong yeah it was mostly mostly for designating what a strong beer was so you could have a stout pilsner or a A stout draft.
1: Yeah, it was basically just to let you know it was stronger than the standard. Mm. Whereas, um, like, porters originated in London, and uh, they they increased in popularity uh, because of their strong flavour, long shelf life, and uh, reasonable price, as as well as the fact that they had the benefit that uh, they weren't overly affected by hot or cold weather. And uh, in our Porter episode, we'll get into more detail on all of this. But uh, within a few decades, the popularity of porters had grown to such an extent that large volumes of uh, porter began being exported to Ireland. And uh, by 1776, porters began being brewed by a man named Arthur Guinness at his St. James Gate Brewery.
0: That name you should all know and love by now.
1: Yes, indeed, because by 1769, Arthur Guinness was exporting his porters back to England. They had become so popular. And by 1799, his St. James Gate Brewery had abandoned brewing anything other than porter.
0: Yeah, they used to brew uh, ales as well as porters, but as mickle said, it's become so, it had become so popular at the time that he just gave it up and concentrated solely on porters and stout porters, in like or porters in varying strengths, because he was making much more money from the porters
1: yeah and of course he referred to the strongest with the name stout like everybody did
0: stout extra stout extra
1: and, uh, extra extra stout etc <laughs> yeah and uh, so now we'll leave the story of of arthur guinness momentarily to talk about how what is currently known as stout gets that black color that we so associate with stout because that's food coloring um, isn't it Uh, It comes from something known as Black Patent Malt, which is also known simply as Patent Malt or Black Malt. Black Malt. And um, it's barley malt that has been kilned to to the point of carbonizing, uh, around 200 degrees Celsius. And uh, the term Patent Malt actually comes from its invention in England in 1817 when... Daniel Wheeler, the inventor of the process for its manufacture, was awarded a patent for it. And uh, as well as providing color and flavor in stout beer, in small quantities, black malt can also be used to darken beer to a desired color as, as a substitute for using caramel to, to achieve that effect. Mm. And uh, so, so this process was designed in 1817. And uh, in 1820, wouldn't you know it, Arthur Guinness started using it himself.
0: Yeah, someone developed it and Guinness said, "Ooh, I'll take that. I'll buy that from you."
1: Yep, and uh, at that exact same time, they changed the name of their extra stout porter to simply be called extra stout, making a break from the old style, and uh, by the 19th century, they had uh, you know become more popular and Synonymous with the strong flavour that comes from black malt, and of course by the twentieth century it had grown in popularity and became even more coveted than the standard porter. And
0: porters almost non-existent now. Yeah,
1: porters are it, quite a, rare, v- mm. whereas everyone knows what Guinness is.
0: Everybody, it's yeah. As we found out researching this episode, it's one of the more popular beers. Let alone a, just a stout. Yeah,
1: it is in fact the best-selling stout in the world in the world
0: yeah oh we should have run some numbers on that
1: yeah it would have been uh, several million liters a month oh, or something easily and uh, um, one one thing we we did find that is interesting is that um Guinness tastes different in Ireland to how it tastes everywhere else in the world
0: that mm, that has to do with how it's or where it's made because Guinness in Ireland is still made by the uh, saint James Gate Brewery, but everywhere else, I believe it's made. It's brewed locally, yeah. Yeah,
1: by whichever local distiller has gained the rights to produce it.
0: So in Australia, I believe it's made by Foster's.
1: Sounds about right. Yeah, because <laughs> they they can't buy Guinness, but they'll or, buy uh, the rights to produce it.
0: Or um, what's that? What's that other big? big one. Oh, uh, Castlemaine? Yeah. Castlemaine. Castle or, uh... Or Carlton United Cal- Brewery. That's the yeah, one. CUB.
1: Cal- yeah, CUB owns everything Fosters doesn't own. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's... There's got to be some sort of monopoly laws about that.
1: Well, that's why there's two of them. Because <laughs> C- CUB could never buy Fosters all the other way around. Not because they don't have the money, but because the monopoly laws in Australia won't allow it. Right. Because there's competition laws. Their competition must exist. And small independent brewers don't count as competition. Because, of course, if Foster's brought out Carlton United or the other way around, they would be able to just price the small brewers out of the market.
0: Oh, for sure. And then all we'd be left with is Swill. Yeah.
1: Swill for ten
0: times the price of what you're paying now.
1: Yes, well, and and imports, because I think imports would still always have a market. Mm. And, of course, a lot of things are imported by Carlton United Brewery.
0: Very true. But then you do have to worry about big brands like Bacardi buying... Everything, yes, or Disney buying fox,
1: yeah, though, that's not necessarily a bad thing, I, I mean uh, no yeah now, now that Disney's brought Fox, Indiana Jones is a Disney princess.
0: <laughs> there was a cartoon I saw a little while ago about uh, Disney buying everything, and then in like a hundred hundred years' time it's the the Disney Empire uh sending out ships to other worlds to colonize them in the name of the Mickey Mouse.
1: Oh, I think I saw that. Very
0: odd, but sort of telling in our current society. Yes. Anyway, back to beer.
1: Back to beer. Yes. So, all um, well back uh, back to stout, and I suppose even because it's hard to talk about stout without talking about Guinness, and uh,
0: it it came up so often in our research that we didn't need to research Guinness specifically.
1: Yeah because it's just it's part of the history of stout because mm. stout became synonymous with Guinness and Guinness synonymous with stout because Guinness really paved the way when when they put the black malt in there and people went that's what a stout tastes like yeah they and,
0: they almost invented a new type of beer
1: yeah they they took something that existed they made it their own and everyone else mm. had to jump on board yeah
0: and what was smart for them was using a name that was already used for beer
1: stout yes
0: and yes, indeed being strong already people were like oh great well when they they order they would order a stout at the bar they would suddenly be getting Guinness and they'd be like
1: oh yeah all right that'll do yeah, it, it's a strong beer mm,
0: that'll do I'm a, a mill factory worker or a steel worker I don't care what the name is
1: yeah I'll, I'll have it and of course uh, Guinness is uh, a dry stout hmm because there are many different kinds of stout. There's your dry, there's your imperial, there's a... Uh, there's
0: a milk stout, as we mentioned stout, earlier. Yep. and uh, an
1: oyster stout. And uh, Baltic.
0: A Baltic stout. I oh, wouldn't mind trying one of those, actually. This is a similar style. They, is, uh, stout and porter was exported to the Baltic region, and they liked it so much, they started brewing it locally with local brewing methods.
1: Certainly, as, as with, uh, with any beer, any you know, malt, barley, hops combination that's taken and brewed locally, it's not so much about the ingredients as it is about how they do it. So it, it should make a difference, and I, I am equally intrigued to see how the flavor can be changed through the ingredients being prepared in a different manner.
0: Mm. Well, you all you have to do is look at, rice wine
1: well yeah because how many different kinds of rice wine and that's from the same start point well if i remember correctly
0: from our rice wine episode you listed about 20 of them there, there, there are a lot <laughs> yes
1: and uh, interestingly enough just the the variation in preparation changing flavor is almost as uh, remarkable as variations in how it's served and that the ability of that to change the flavor because uh, over time The way a traditional pint of stout has been served has dramatically changed. Technology around how beer is served has changed.
0: It's improved for the better, I would say.
1: Yeah, traditionally it was uh, dispensed from a cask by gravity or a beer engine.
0: A beer engine being basically a a hand pump for your keg. I'm sure, as everybody knows, if you're listening to this episode on stout... You've had a beer from a pub one time or two. When you go to a bar, you see them pull a handle to dispense the beer. So that handle is now uh, fed with CO2. The beer is pushed out of the keg with CO2 or carbon dioxide. But back in the day, that handle used to push air or pump beer from the keg into your glass via uh... a flexible hose and a brass
1: nozzle. Mm, it, it activated the beer engine and yeah. the beer was pushed up. Yeah, as 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 you just said, uh, it went from there to being pushed by pressure of CO2. Now, um, the invention by Guinness of a draft system, and this is where Guinness comes back into it yet again, mm. that uh, the, their draft system used a mixture of nitrogen and carbon dioxide to fill the glass with beer that comes out completely different. Once you've got nitrogen and carbon dioxide, it... Uh,
0: has a very different mouthfeel. Has a
1: very different mouthfeel. Creates tiny bubbles tiny. in the glass that mm. result in that head that Guinness is synonymous with.
0: Mm. It's more like a, a a foam than a froth.
1: Yeah, it's got that foamy top on it. Mm. and um,
0: o- o- it, Almost a creamy foam.
1: Yeah, and it became the standard method. You see that uh, Kilkenny is pulled in exactly the same way. Despite being a different kind of beer, it gets that same foamy top on it.
0: Well, funnily enough, Kilkenny is brewed by... Is brewed by Guinness, yeah. uh, I nearly said Sir Alec Guinness, but that's Mm. a
1: completely different
0: different person. Person,
1: yes. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, it um, became so popular and had such a great effect on the flavour of beer that, of, well, the beer that was being served in that manner anyway... That uh, Guinness then went on and invented uh, a nitrogen widget, which um, they fit within uh, canned stouts Mm. to ensure that they have the same consistent creamy layer of foam on the top as stout in a glass. But it isn't as nice. It's it's not as nice, but you do definitely still see that. Yeah, you still get
0: you still get the the right amount of head on it if you pour it out of the can into a glass. But the Guinness out of a can tends to come out flat. Mm, but... I There's no fizz to it at all.
1: Yeah, and if, if you shake a can of Guinness, you actually hear a, a rattle as mm. though you were shaking a paint can. And that's because of that little nitrous <laughs> widget.
0: Don't, don't shake it, then open it, though.
1: Yeah, give it a little a little tip to hear the the rattle, but, mm, it's, but yeah, it's
0: just like a regular can of beer or soft drink. If you shake it, it's gonna spray everywhere.
1: Yeah, and the the nitrous will help mm. <laughs> because not nitrogen and carbon dioxide—that's nitrous, folks. You, you <laughs> you've got nitrous-powered beer. Hey, add, add that to shaking up the carbon dioxide that's already in it.
0: So not only will you eat the can, you'll wear the can.
1: Yes. Yes, indeed. But but certainly, yeah, so Guinness have really just... They've put their finger in every piece of pie around a stout. They've been involved in stout becoming a name of its own type of beer. They've been involved in the technology that produces... Stout in a glass to what we now consider synonymous with drinking a pint of stout Hmm. And what it should look like and taste like
0: Well, they've done a really good job because they have the best-selling stout in the world
1: Yeah, exactly And I'll admit, while I enjoy Guinness, it's not my favourite stout No, it really
0: isn't I've had, researching this episode, I've had more different stouts than I've had in the last ten years Uh... As I said before, I had the Sierra Nevada Porter. I suppose that's almost a stout. And I'm currently drinking the Samuel Smith's Imperial Stout, which is really good. I would say it's not quite as good as um, Mickle's Imperial Stout that he had the that he was drinking before. What brand was it?
1: Oh, um, it was something from Morning- New Mornington. Zealand. Mornington, yes, Mornington Peninsula Brewery. Hmm. It's, it's oh, really New Zealand, Victoria. What I'm currently drinking is from New Zealand.
0: Yeah, it's it, yes. The Mornington Imperial Stout is really thick and yeah,
1: it's it's a definite. Um, yeah. It's a pudding stout. It's like mm. something that you feel you could uh, tip up on a plate and it would hold its shape for a while.
0: That stout is to beer like port is to wine. Like port is a thicker, yeah, more intense flavour than wine, and this is a. Thicker, more intense flavour.
1: Yeah, and it is definitely a very strong flavoured stout.
0: It's really nice. But this episode should come with a word of warning. These drinks we're talking about today are really strong.
1: Really strong. This
0: 355ml bottle has two standard drinks in it. And I've had half, and I'm feeling it already.
1: Yeah, and the the one I had before was two and a half standards in 330 mils. Mm. And the uh, Hallatown Nocturne that I'm drinking at the moment...
0: It's got a nice, la- really nice label, really like a creepy label. Really gorgeous label.
1: label. You'll, you'll see it in the picture for, for this episode. Mm. Absolutely beautiful label and fantastic flavour. It's not as strong as the Imperial Stout that uh, that we just mentioned, but... The
0: Mornington Imperial Stout. Mm, yep. Yeah, yeah.
1: But it is really nice, really smooth, and, um, yeah, it's uh, it's a 500ml bottle, and it's three and a half standard. That's half a bottle of wine. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and, of course, it, a wine is 700ml. Mm. So it's not quite the same strength to volume as wine is, but it's mm.
0: close. <laughs> it's close. And wine Wine has about six or seven standard drinks in a
1: bottle. Yeah, I mean, generally, I've only hit stronger than that in German beers.
0: Mm, we're not recommending you drink these to get drunk because yeah, there's, enjoy too mu- the flavor. there's too much flavour and it would be a waste yeah, to, well, and to realistically, down it like that.
1: I, I don't think you could drink them quickly. No. I, I couldn't bring myself to drink this quickly.
0: It's got too intense a flavour to skull.
1: Yeah, to, to even attempt to do that would just... You couldn't. You couldn't mm. do it.
0: Enjoy this one. Yeah, I would also say it's a winter drink because of the amount of flavour in it. it, being a thicker beer, uh it doesn't lend itself well to getting warm.
1: Yeah, that said though, it does handle being room temperature significantly better than a lot of other beers. Hmm. Well I suppose it, it depends. I mean I, I found with uh with the Moynington Peninsula Imperial Stout that once it hit room temperature it was almost as nice as it was when it was cold. Okay.
0: I wasn't drinking that one so I can't mm. exa- can't really say.
1: And some something that uh, that can definitely be said for porters and stouts one of the things they're known for, which I mentioned earlier, is how well they cope with changes in temperature. Very, without, very true. Yeah, without, without the flavor spoiling. being too strongly affected. Yeah, good
0: point. So I guess you can drink it any time of year.
1: Mm. You you could. Don't, I mean, don't listen to me. No, well, I I, <laughs> I would still say like it's it's nice chilled with without mm. a doubt.
0: The flavor does change between. Cold and room temperature though
1: Oh yeah, it, it's a different flavour But I I think the pleasantness remains hmm. About the same
0: Yeah, it's still drinkable But I, I am drinking it slower Now that my beer is coming up to room temperature
1: mm. Whereas though, with other beers With say, a lager mm. As it got to room temperature The enjoyment would be gone
0: Yes, it's just swill at that point Yeah, you,
1: you just <laughs> wonder Why you didn't finish it earlier And finish it because you don't want to waste it
0: Yep <laughs> Precisely. Yeah, it's still... This, this is going to my head. still
1: very enjoyable. I still have a half a bottle... Me too. ...of, uh, of my Nocturne. Yeah, I'm, I'm half, and, halfway uh, down too. But it, it's still relatively cool though, and I'm still very much enjoying it. Hmm. So I, I can recommend this... Uh, How many bottle caps, mickle? Oh, I, I would certainly... I'm <laughs> going to rate them both. I'm, I'm going to give the Nocturne an 8, and I'm going to go all out... And uh, give the Imperial Stout a 9. And Mornington Peninsula? Yes, give the Mornington Peninsula Imperial Stout a 9. And the Halitau Nocturne Double Stout an 8.
0: That's high praise. Mm. Drinking the Porter and then having a, drinking an Imperial Stout, I can really tell, the really taste the similarities in flavour. The Porter is a, a lighter, sweeter version of a stout, or a stout is a richer, bitter, more bitter version of a porter. If you taste, taste them one after the other, you can really understand the similarities and how we came to have a stout and a porter.
1: Mm, and, and how, I suppose, how they evolved, how one evolved into that's, the other. Yeah, that's what I'm trying and, to yeah, say. how stout sort of got to stand on its own. Mm. Because it, it is, it's similar, but it's different enough that it deserves its own place.
0: Like the difference between an amber ale and a pale ale.
1: Yeah, they're both ale, but there's a diff- there's a definite mm, difference.
0: Absolutely. Uh so I'd give the porter an 8. It was quite nice. And I'd probably also give the Samuel Smith's Imperial Stout an 8 as well. Oh, fantastic. It was, yeah, it, it's nice, but I I couldn't drink a lot of them. I couldn't drink a lot of this Imperial Stout it's just too much
1: mm. but i think that that's the thing with stout in general though and mm. i suppose why like we we didn't buy these bottles in four packs or six packs mm. or cartons we
0: we bought them we bought one bottle
1: yeah we bought them individually and i think that's that's how stout is best consumed mm. you buy a bottle whether it's 500ml or a 700ml toly or a 330ml and, you know, the the larger bottles you, you share with a friend. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, a, a 700, you would split.
0: For sure. It's too much to drink in one go. Or yeah. at least spread that over three, four hours.
1: Yes, or perhaps a couple of evenings. Mm.
0: But, yeah, split a 700ml bottle into two glasses at the very yeah, least. Yeah, well,
1: and, at, you know, at the standard 8% or whatever it is, 700ml is going <laughs> to... It's going to knock your socks yeah, off. it's going to kick your ass a little bit, yeah. I mean, you're going to really enjoy it. It's very pleasant. And uh, dare I say it, it is, well while we do not condone any activity that may be addictive or addictive in nature, there is just something about the taste of this that makes me want to smoke a nice Cuban cigar with it.
0: It used to be paired with cigars, too.
1: Well, and it, it makes sense. The The earthy flavors of a good again earthy style cigar <laughs> and only only some cigars would go i'm, I'm thinking perhaps a partagast or something i wouldn't know would, would go very well with
0: i'm not a, not a cigar smoker with
1: this because i not not something that i do often because you shouldn't no well even one
0: but, can give you a bad time Well, if you do it wrong like if mm. you
1: make the mistake of inhaling you've i in help you like, I've, I've seen cigarette smokers smoke a cigar like it's a cigarette, and I've felt for them because they're going to suffer for that mm. the next day, and the day after that, and the day after that, and the day after that.
0: I, I'm i going to stay away from them, just to be safe.
1: Mm, I'll admit, I don't think I've had one for several years, and the last time I... No, last year was the last time I had one, but before that it was several years, and it's always paired with something.
0: Yeah. Like a like a wine is paired with a meal.
1: Yeah, like uh, cigars pair well with a good whiskey. And I feel that the right cigar would pair well with this porter. But then a number of things would. Uh, not porter, sorry, stout. Well, stout. Stout. Stout, well, stout porter. Stout porter. porter, yes. But a number of things would pair well with this. Mm. I think a steak would go fantastically with... Ooh,
0: yeah. Yeah. Steak, mushroom sauce... Chips, mm. a good yeah. hearty English uh, dinner,
1: exactly. But P- perhaps even a, pudding, um, yeah. Per- perhaps even a uh, a pie, like like uh, a Guinness pie. Well, not not a Guinness pie per se. Ha-
0: have your stout with some stout. But
1: a-, a shepherd's pie for, shepherds for pie. sure. Steak and Guinness pie. Steak and Guinness pie. Yeah,
0: that's that's a good way
1: of using Guinness too. Mm, that is a good way of using Guinness, I and mean, Guinness is. Fan- Porters have such a strong flavour. Porter's Porters stouts Porter's also have a strong flavour But yes, stouts have such a strong (laughs) flavour That they are fantastic for cooking with It doesn't even take too much To change the colour and flavour of almost anything
0: Well, because we've gotten a bit silly I think it's time to wrap us up
1: Yes, indeed So uh, be sure to uh, join us next time
0: Yeah, we're going to talk about hangovers And how to avoid them
1: Yes, indeed, and uh, the drinks that you just shouldn't mix together Mm. if you don't want to regret it really, really badly.
0: Yes, and we've decided to do one of these episodes because it's still part of our journey towards finding the best drop ever, but along the way, there's always going to be some trips and tumbles.
1: Yeah, and it drops to avoid, well, Mm. drops to avoid consuming at the same time as other drops. Correct. More importantly.
0: Yeah, so, if you've got any tips for avoiding a hangover or mitigating one if you've accidentally drunk too much, let us know. Send us an email at a good at gmail.com.
1: And uh, message us on a good drop podcast on Facebook.
0: Or check out our website, a good And of
1: course, uh, you can find our podcast on iTunes at a good drop podcast. Yeah. And tell all your friends, get them to listen. Make sure they get their friends to listen. Spread the
0: word. We're quite, quite a friendly bunch of guys, or a couple of guys.
1: We are. We, we want to hear from you. Yeah. We, we
0: love our listeners, every single one. So, yeah, we're, we're enjoying the feedback.
1: Oh, we've got listener
0: mail, too. I've got to read that out.
1: That's right. We nearly forgot about our listener mail.
0: So, from LP, we have, Hi, guys, enjoying the podcast would love to hear you do a podcast on the health effects of alcohol and what is a safe amount to drink. Well, you're in lock LP. Tune in next week when we talk about hangovers and yeah, that that will like.
1: undoubtedly be mentioned among other useful tidbits of information.
0: Hmm. But you know, we'll give you, give you a little teaser. Don't drink too much. That that's a good method of mitigating a hangover.
1: Yes, and uh, water, water, water. Hmm.
0: Plenty of water.
1: Alright. That that wraps us up. It does. So Until next um... time.
0: Cheers. cheers.